Old Gold Club. Powered by Blythe Group. With Mikey Burrows and Chris Iwalumo. Um, hello there, and uh, welcome to the Old Gold Club. I'm Mikey Burrows. He's Chris Wellamay. What, what are you doing? Well, just how you just kind of you're talking serious with us, and then you just put on this little fake smile and go, "Hello there." Fa- I just hang thought on. it was fake smile. Yeah, well, you were fake. you were being quite serious with us a minute ago, and then all of a sudden, oh, I was not. I was having a nice chat with Wardy. Hello, no, Stephen you, Ward, by the way. Hello, yeah, Wardy. You doing right, mate? Yeah, so just, yeah, be yourself, mate. It's like his farm voice, isn't it? <laughs> Hello there. This is, this is my, this is my old club voice. Great voice, voice Mickey. People, people always go, Mick McCarthy actually jumped out of his seat when he was sat here doing it. Because it's like, you know, we talk normally and then he says, Hello! <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely gone. Um, why are you not wearing your Chris Olimo t-shirt? Well, you never sent you? me, you've been a bit quiet, you know, you've you've obviously went away for a few days and you kind of just turned your phone off. Then I've not got I've not got any love for me, I can't find you, I don't know where you are. I'm worried, I send you messages, I go, it's just one tick, it doesn't even deliver to you now, then all of a sudden you come for my attire. Now, I've just got to say, you can't just pull up with the Steers t-shirt on and then say, where's your t-shirt, big no man? No fears for Steers. Just, just, just. Just tell I got you this message. T-shirt as a special gift, as a sign of so the you affection want to between every us. Every recording, then. Well, I wear mine every recording. So you wear a different one. Sort yourself out. Can I, yeah. Can I, but we got you. You one. know what I did think? Right? I thought if I wear my T-shirt with myself on the shot, what does that say about me? You should wear my T-shirt, mate. You should swap. New West Days. You, you get me one for you. If I wear my own T-shirt that says Looms and me celebrating as captain against Blackpool. Yeah, but don't oh. be giving it that. <laughs> good night, that name's on it. Don't be giving it that because you specifically asked for one of yourself. Yeah, not to wear. Not to wear at the recording. Make it of myself. Yeah, but when are you wearing it? At home? Are we, on are a we, night out? Well, you've you've seen it. I've, I've, I've had the little man. You know what I mean? You've, I've well, you weren't even technically you. wearing it. You just had it. Oh, you well, laid I've him down on it. I've got pictures of me wearing it. Do you want me to show you them as well? I'll show uh, you them. At some point, Thank you. Yeah. Let's start again. Let's start. <laughs> no, this is all staying in. Hello, what Woody. Guy, yeah. How's it going? You all right? What, what was he like as a player to play with in the dressing room? Brilliant. Oh, don't give it that. No, that, that, here we go. He was brilliant. I'll give him that. I was just, He's I, probably exactly like he is now. Argumentative. In the dressing room. I wouldn't say argumentative now, but I was, I was, you'd hear him. You'd hear him when you walked in. Because I imagine you were quite quiet. <laughs> well, that's that's the when that door opens and he walks out into the <laughs> into that world of media and that yeah he's but in that dressing room. Yeah, he's one of the one of the boys, isn't he? Yeah, I'd say I had a voice. Yeah, we had a good we had a great dressing room. It was full of like characters, wasn't it? Good people. There wasn't many quiet lads, was there? Really, the odd one or two. But everyone, everyone got involved, I think there wasn't. No, I think because everyone was tight and everyone was close together, like close knit, everyone, everyone would be involved some way or the other. And I think the way the dressing room was laid out as well was I used to always find really good. Yeah. You know, you've probably been to other ones where it's longer and that. Just basically, there was a square, square like yeah. a square, and everything happening in the middle. Everyone had a view. So everyone was involved, really, yeah. What was your, what was your thoughts when you first walked into that then, into that group? When I first signed? Yeah. Shit myself. <laughs> to be completely honest, Why? you were so young. Well, I was. It was like I, I was twenty, and I'd never lived away from home. I'd been away on trial. Could my, my dad never wanted me to leave Ireland until I was, until I'd done my education. Probably fell out with him for about two years. I think over that, but <laughs> it was the right decision in the end. But I think when I come away, yeah, I was, I was nervous as that, yeah. 
What were, what were there? So when you, obviously the opportunity came for you to come over here, what was the family's thoughts on it then? Because obviously, you know, I know that you're all tight anyway, that must have been quite difficult. Yeah, it was it was weird for me because I suppose where where I lived and, you know, how I brought up, all my friends were finishing school and going to college and or getting a job, but they're all still living at home. So I was probably the first one that really, you know, upped and left really. And yeah, it was strange. I remember coming over and, uh, been shown around the ground, training ground, and that. And before you knew it, because I'd signed in the January window, I'd gone from living at home to being in the hotel for a week, ten days, to having my own apartment, paying bills, getting a car. I was like, <laughs> I couldn't even get a car because I only had a provisional license in Ireland, so I couldn't even get a car until I'd pass, I had to go back and pass my test. So Coit was my chauffeur for for about six months, but. Yeah, it was strange. Literally went from, you know, one day living at home, giving my mum a few quid from playing at home, and then to being a man, really. Because you were bohemians, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. Which was probably 20 minutes from where I grew up at home. So, you know, lived at my mum's, got paid on a Friday, played on a Friday night, got paid weekly, gave her a few quid, was out with my mates from school all weekend, trained, played. And then it was like, over here was a completely different world for me. How important, you know, you said their kites was your, your chauffeur. I know that you two are very close, obviously I've been, but it's important to come in and there's people like that that can kind of help you kind of bed in as well. But taken away from the, I guess, the the car, the, the apartment, paying bills, becoming a man, there's a football side to it as well. You know, I think obviously Mick McCarthy, he, he showed great trust in you and bring you over. How was he when you first came over? Yeah, it was great. I think for me, when I came over, the football side was... I wouldn't say the easy side because you have to prove yourself, but that was the bit where I was. Once I was in training, I was I knew it was going to be fine. It was more I was more worried about, you know, you're gonna you're gonna get on with anyone, you're gonna you know, click with anyone. You are you just gonna be training, going home, sitting on your own. What's gonna happen? And I think when I came over, I signed that really good good time, like really good period in the club. I think, and then Mick had obviously come in. He, I think the previous squad, a lot of the lads had left and. They were sort of starting again, really. I was just saying to Mike, mm. it was like a new era, really. Yeah. Younger lads who maybe hadn't played at top level were coming from, you know, League Two, League One, into like into a good champ, big championship club, really. So when, to previous, yeah. And, and I remember when I first, funny <coughs> enough, when I first signed, and I was coming over, my dad, he had, was speaking to me before I left, and he said to me, "Oh, there's a there's a, another young lad who's just signed from Grey's Athletic." He's only signed in, I think Kite had signed in December maybe, Yeah. but his deal was already done in the January. Um, he's like, Michael Kite, like, see, you know, you, you might get on with him. And I was like, oh, I'll see what happens. Nah. And obviously, listen, when I went over, we come from, you know, we were very similar. Both of us in the same apartment block. And then three weeks later, Andy Kyo signed. I knew him from playing for Ireland. And the three of us just lived out of each other's pockets for the first couple <laughs> of years. And it was brilliant. So literally, the, the transition from living at home to living over there was you know, it was, it was a lot easier than I ever thought it would be. We're going to get to um, quite a bit, obviously, in the main programme. Um, I, I wondered, like, how much you kind of think, when you think about imprints on a football club, because of your association to Bohemians, yeah. Wolves tended to play quite a few friendlies yeah. with them. And obviously we spotted Matt Doherty. Yeah, don't worry, I tell him all the time. So without you... <laughs> he owes me a lot, of, a lot for his success. <laughs> It was actually, yeah, it was mad. I think because I'd signed there, there was obviously that affiliation and then we obviously went pre-season and we'd agreed a game. And Matt, I don't think, was even playing for the Bohemians' first team. 
So I made sure we played the day after the first team had a game, so we got a run out. <laughs> and yeah, from the rest of history, he come over. He's been brilliant, hasn't he? Um, well, I mean, he's now the highest appearance maker, obviously, in the current squad. He's closing in on something like 10 years or so. I mean, what a contribution he's yeah, made. Yeah, from when he came over, he was a great lad. Um, obviously, didn't know him from when I was I was back home. But since I've played with other lads that played when he was younger, he was always he was obviously always always a very good player back in Dublin, playing for Ireland at youth level, played for a really good club side in, in Ireland, which I never realised. Obviously, <laughs> until he came over and yeah, listen, he's been unbelievable. I think you know, especially I think the year. Unfortunately, we, we got relegated to League One and he, and he broke in. I think that next year really was the making of him. He got his chance in the first team, which every player needs a break and, and that was probably the break he needed to, to play consistently. And I think from there, he's just gone from strength to strength and you know he's doing it every week in the Premier League now. And The one thing I think with, with Matt, which I think he deserves enormous credit for, is with the investment and you know the, the calibre of players they're bringing in, that he has just consistently kept his place as something... You know, it's an unbelievable achievement, really, when you look at the, the players they're bringing in and, and how the clubs move forward, really. I think what no one seems to realise is that the work that he's put in like behind the scenes. You know, I think the pennies dropped. Yeah, massive. Where, where I've, I've seen a massive change in him. Yeah. From what can he, you? What was that? Was that down to just having a little taste of it and then then getting frozen out a little bit and then and then going again? Yeah, or? M- maybe. I think I noticed that a lot when he come into the Ireland squad for the first time, and I hadn't played with him in a while, and I just. There was the, a different look about him as a player. He was leaner, he was fitter, you know. I think he really worked hard. And I, obviously, when you first come over, I was the same, you know. You're not playing at the level back in Ireland. No disrespect to the league there. It's it, it's full-time, but it's nowhere near on the level yeah. over here. And and it does take you a while to get to that, you know, the fitness levels, you know, living your, your, your lifestyle, right, really eating well. It takes you a long time to you know, for that actually to click. And I think once it did for him, you know, I, I've definitely seen a massive change in him and you know, fair play to him for that. What about you then? You know, you said there about the, the levels and yeah. it is, you know, it's like, I, I talk about going from the likes of Colchester to Charlton and then again, yeah. just to step up, it takes you three three weeks to just kind of get, get up to speed with the, the training, yeah, the yeah. movement and even the fitness. What about yourself? Yeah, I think <clears throat> I was I was a naturally fit lad anyway, so I think the training was, was fine. I think what I found was you have to really get to the level of the, the games as quick as you can and like I said, I signed in the January, so it was straight into playing. It was no pre-season games, yeah. no friendlies. It was straight into playing first-team games against, you know, some decent opposition. And I think probably when I first come over, I had that a bit like they say that new manager syndrome. I got in, everything was new, and I was just playing off the cuff. I think I actually got Player of the Month my first my first month of the. You think you got it? No, I did get it. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. but then after that season finished, I probably had a little bit of a. Reality check was like, like, you know, players were coming in. There was a different standard, and I probably, you know, probably still needed to go again. Which then I had to work hard to go to the next level, which was obviously, you know, what you have to do. But yeah. I think that's definitely how it went for me. It was um, a really kind of fascinating time where there was a. Uh, we were just talking about the fact that there was a, a real strong group of Irish players yeah. around at the time. I was just telling Wardy of a time when ahead of Euro 2012 when I came down to have a chat with him and a few of the others and kind of at Wolves' lowest moments there was a couple of you having kind of your, I guess maybe your highest moments as international players. Yeah, <laughs> obviously we were yeah preparing for you know biggest tournament of our lives really. Ireland hadn't qualified for a while and then 
Yeah, things weren't going great at club level, but <laughs> listen, it was it was a very difficult time that. But um, I mean, we'll get to the club bit. Yeah. But from an international standpoint, because I remember talking to you beforehand and kind of the the uh, that feeling of like this is major to be going. Yeah, to it was huge for us, and luckily enough, like we, we've qualified it for a couple now. But yeah, it was it was massive, and I think the one thing we were always good at here, to be honest with you, we, once we qualified, we knew we'd qualified, so we knew that was that was happening. We were focused on club level as much as people might say, oh, maybe you're looking ahead, you've got the Euros in the summer. We weren't at all, we were completely focused on Wolves because I think we qualified in the November or in the in the playoffs in the November. So we knew in six, six seven months' time the Euros were starting. And as much as you're looking forward to it, you, you do just concentrate on your club. And then unfortunately things didn't go great. And then once the club scene finished that year, then your you focus completely switched to Ireland. Cause what's it like, sorry Looms, just on this point, like normally I guess when, you, when you're in difficult periods and you go away for an international game, it's kind of a bit of a relief, you're away yeah. from it. Actually you're in a dressing room with loads of your mates from your club, yeah. so you're not away from it. No, but you don't speak to each other when you're there, you stay away from the ones in your club. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, it's, it's always good having your, your teammates around, no matter what, you know, I think... Going into camp with Ireland, it's great to have other players from your club with you because there is that link where you can, you know, sit with them, chat with them, involve everyone else. So yeah, it didn't really make a difference. It was it's always nice to have Irish people around, and you know, we we had a few good ones here to be fair. Yeah, well, Wolves did brilliantly to dip into the Irish leagues at that time. So you, Keo, Doc followed. It was it was a fruitful little scouting mission. Yeah, there was a, and obviously Doyle ended up coming in, Stephen Hunt. So yeah, they, they, we went through a few and. Um, Technically Foles, but... Foles, of course, yeah, yeah, Foles, yeah. <laughs> the Irishman from Luton. <laughs> yeah, but... No, he's definitely Irish. He's, he's been there a few times, I think. <laughs> no, there was... Yeah, even in the U team, there was a couple of young Irish lads as well. Yeah. Mark Salmon and a few others. So, Stephen Gleeson was there. So, yeah, there was always a really good good connection with the Irish boys. Yeah. What's... You know, like, as a, as a player, like when, I, when I played, I wasn't on social media, I wasn't on things, but you're very aware of what people's from outside this little bubble what their thoughts are on certain things you know you're, yeah. you're sitting there saying oh our focus was on this yeah, you yeah. having to say that you must have been aware that people are saying oh yeah you're too busy focusing on the uh, the, 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 the big tournament that's coming for Ireland yeah. so is, is there a part of you that wants to kind of react to that or do you just think football's going to do the talking for me Never. because we do yeah, players, course, do have, listen, players have a voice now yeah listen they? yeah I think I'm probably you're probably from the same era that wasn't really what it was about when we were younger. Yeah. Like now, when I look at footballers on social media, that's just not me. I'm not, you know, I'm not on Twitter. I'm not, you know, I never private Instagram for family and friends. I'm not really into that. Of course, you read stuff, you you know, you hear stuff, and and you know, of course, the out that outside noise of, of what other people are saying, and yeah, it can affect you. But for me, I never never wanted to react or say it, and I do it and just try to keep playing and give it everything I could and if it wasn't good enough for people you know for me all, all the way through my career whether I'm playing well not playing well if I was getting stick off fans off press off everything as long as my manager was picking me and felt I was doing a good job and my teammates did then that's literally it might sound a bit like cliche but that's literally all that I cared about and you know especially you know when you're if you've got, if you've had a bad game, you know you know you've had a bad game yourself. Yeah, do you know what yeah, I mean? We yeah. ain't we ain't stupid, really. Yeah. You know, a player knows when he's been off it or he's he's had a disappointing day. So, for me, yeah, listen, you you hear it, you see it, but 
I just tried to do whatever I could for myself and play. And if my manager was picking me, then I knew I was doing the yeah. right job. Is it weird now being in dressing rooms? Because obviously you're still playing. Yeah. Obviously we won't talk much about the stuff that in the club that you're playing for. But like you are still playing. <laughs> yeah. You're a senior player now. You. We were talking before when we were walking over that you're getting towards the end. Yeah, yeah. So you're still confident you've got quite a bit left in you. Yeah, yeah. Like, is it weird when you're in that dressing room and you're looking around and kind of going like, this is nothing like it was when I was coming through? Yeah, 100%. It's completely different. Oh. Well, that was that. that's how I felt when I'm looking about this character 10 years ago. Yeah, and that's, that's <laughs> what it is. Like, I say it to young lads all the time, like, it's a completely different game. Completely different the way, you know, young footballers are, I suppose, the way older f- pros are as well. It's, it's completely different. And, yeah, pl- people, when we came in, they probably thought the same about us looking down on and us young lads coming through but I think it just everything just moves with the times all the time and you just have to get on with it but yeah there's there's a few things you have to bite your tongue over nowadays like, and do you are you as do you bite your tongue like, I, di- I don't bite my tongue in terms of I, in terms of I'll advise them I'll yeah. pull them to the side and advise them but a few things you just got to realise that they ain't going to change for that do you know what I mean social yeah. media and posting after a game win lose or draw you know, you try to advise them as best you can. Like, I'd, I'll pull a young lad to the side and I'll say, listen, this is what you need to do, you need to do this. But people now are, I think, I wouldn't say getting moves off the back of stuff, but they're encouraged to do it. You know, yeah. they're, they're encouraged to get their profile high because there's obviously a market inside of things now. And it's just, that, that was never really a case. And when we were playing, it was just playing football, but that's just how it is. And I suppose when you've got kids as well, all they care about is that as well. So you, you understand it a little bit. Because you're not really a self-promotion type guy, are you? No, I'm not really into all like that kind of social media, Twitter, stuff like that. Just, I don't know, maybe I'm a bit old school like that. But... It's the way of the world now. I tell you, I wish I, I wish I opened a little Twitter account or a little Instagram account when it first came out. You know, you have, whatever, 18 clubs later, however many. For, it is, it's, it's crazy, you know, when you go down to Talk Sport or Sky Sports, they know exactly what you're tweeting about, what you're posting about, because it's, it is, and you know, it's the way of the world now. So it's like one of them, I know you've... Yeah, I think certain jobs, it's, you know, when you're in the press, the media, or you're working for a club, it's it's a massive thing nowadays, because you, you're promoting your club, you're promoting yourself, you're promoting whoever you work for. I think, I just, for me, in football, I'm probably from that era where I came into a dressing room with the likes of... Jody Craddock, you know, Looms has been in there, Matt Murray's, you know, Jackie McNamara's, Gary Breen's. These were the, the lads who was just, they were just wanted to play and win. And I suppose Mick was obviously, yeah. was probably the the most, you know, crucial one to the way they were. And then that's just how we sort of, you know, you learn as you go. But yeah, that, I think nowadays you just got to, you got to accept that it's moving on. And yep. You can only advise people, but, you know, I think, when you get out of football, there's a lot of time to, to do that if you if if you need it for whatever job you're doing. But I think when you're in there, for me, I just always concentrate on playing. Okay, here's the other weird one that I wanted to ask you, because obviously you play for a club where Looms works yeah. on match days and stuff, yeah. and you know Jarvo and Matt Jarvis, Michael Kitely, Dave Edwards, Looms has done it, Carl Henry. There's quite a few Jamie O'Hara. There's quite a few players that you played with that are in the media now. Yeah. You, you've listened to the Carl Henry episode. You know he wasn't happy with something yeah. Loom said on TV about him. Have yeah. you ever had that scenario? Uh, no. Would you message them if they said anything about you? I probably wouldn't. No, no, but that because well, I've, I've done a little bit on. Yeah, because you've done, I've Sky. done Sky for our, we've done Ireland games for Sky, and and you'd be I, honest I, in I your opinion, to, wouldn't you? 
You yeah. would be honest in the pin. You wouldn't. You wouldn't if it was your if it was your mate. And he's and he's and he's had a poor performance. You say, look, you'll be disappointed with his performance or whatever it is. You that that's part, that's you doing your job. Yeah, I think it, I think yeah you do. But I think for me as well because I'm still sort of I've been in that situation with Ireland. I, I look at things a little bit different to maybe how others look at it in terms because I've I've been in the situation where I've been in the squad not so long ago. I'm still in that f- focusing a bit of how. You're still in player mode. A little bit, yeah. I've that's, got to disagree. I have to disagree. That, that's because I when I was when I was I when I was a player, I look at Wolves, it as a player. When I was a player here at Wolves, Wolves played United at Old Trafford, yeah. and I was injured. I just I was coming back from my broken foot, and I remember David Jones uh, either he missed a chance, and I've said at half time it was Jeff Sterling and Owen Coyle that was in in the the, the box at, at Old Trafford and I've said about David Jones you know with the quality that he's got he's he'll be disappointed and he's a few stray passes have went as well yeah. that, that first half and I swear to you Carl Henry is let David Jones know and then if, I think his missus had recorded it so David Jones came in to train the next day. I'm, I'm a player in the squad. I, ge- I genuinely just think it's something between Carl and, and Lewis. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, th- I think any has any other player ever, has any other player ever contacted you? I'm doing the football no, league show. Has any I'm, other player ever contacted you? No, 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 no exactly. I, I'm, 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 I'm up on the screen, right, and I'm I'm talking. I'm doing the bit. I'm fast forward and recording, and I've said and I've seen the clip, and I've said Carl Carl Henry's man's got away from there. That's that's pure defending. He's he's, he's let him go. He's the wrong side of him. I feel it vibrating in my butt. I'm going. What's what you making this be? You know what I mean. So I've gone in the break. He's went. For F's sake, Loons, but it starts coming for me. Was it even my man? I seen the danger. I let my man go, and I went to remember he's come in and yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, but I, I think it's being honest. It doesn't matter if you were in, if you walked into a dressing room at halftime, you were on the pitch. You would say to that player. Right, come on then, you know, your, your standards. But as, as you would, if I'm having a stinker and I walk in at half time, you say to me, come on, come on, mate. You yeah, of course, but I think I think your point was good that you only see a minute and a half of the game or oh, whatever. Oh, well, that is. That but, is I think you, but also from Carl's point of view, it probably wasn't Carl's man because he, <laughs> it probably was him trying to dig a team at L because that's what he does. That's what he does, I mean? yeah. So. Yeah. But it's. Uh... I'll leave that one to you too, but <laughs> I'm staying clear of that. <laughs> Me and Wadda used to have a little, used to come up and we used to say, we'll do this, come for me when you score, celebrate. I remember we scored, I scored uh, a week at Cardiff. After only three or four minutes in, but Roger Johnson as well, don't, don't go for them big man. <laughs> and uh, put it through the keeper's legs. And I remember, I'm, you don't remember, the cell, everyone's coming to me, I'm like, where is he? Where is he? We always had a wee thing. Wadda. Were you planned celebrations? Little planned celebration, yeah. That was always... yeah, but what did you do when you got to I think we just had a wee cuddle that. yeah I, I used, to, we used to just like I think I used to say to him all the time big man you're like, score today. You, you're scoring today and then you know when he does and you're like buzzing just a bit like that like just sort of <laughs> yeah but if you look at the I think in the in one of the against because me and Solve scored I think we beat Cardiff 2-1 Ross McCormick got their goal me and Solve 2-0 after yeah, six, two, yeah. six, seven minutes but you look when I score you just see everyone's coming I'm just bending them all out of the way where is he? Where's Wardy? <laughs> the big man. 
Right, we're going to get into loads more with Stephen Ward in just a moment. As ever, we need to thank the Blythe Group that are powering the Old Gold Club this season and also Wolves TV Match Day Live as well. If there's anything you want us to discuss on this part of the podcast, as ever, you can email us oldgoldclub at wolves.co.uk or get in touch via the Wolves social media channels. We'll hear from the Blythe Group and then it'll be the show next. This season, the Old Gold Club and Wolves TV Match Day Live are powered by Blythe Group. An industry-leading construction company and family-run business since 1982, driving investment and infrastructure across the UK. Blythe Group's mission is to provide an unrivaled service based on innovative, bespoke building solutions and comprehensive customer support. If you're a skilled tradesperson and you want to join the team that powers our team, contact their bases in Wolverhampton, Manchester or Maidenhead via theblythegroup.co.uk. Blythe Group. Big enough to deliver, small enough to care. Wolves TV, the home of live uninterrupted radio commentary of every single Wolves game. But that's not all. Wolves TV also brings you extended and alternative match highlights, interviews with the team, behind-the-scenes features and training coverage, plus see every goal Wolves score from every angle. So check out Wolves TV online at wolves.co.uk or on the move via the Wolves app. Welcome along to the Old Gold Club. I'm Mikey Burrows. Alongside me, as ever, is Chris Awolomo. And on this episode, we're joined by a man who made 239 appearances over six years, putting him 52nd on the all-time appearance list. Welcome to the Old Gold Club, Stephen Robert Ward. <laughs> Cheers for the half-full title. <laughs> Cheers, lads. Um, you are perhaps the ultimate utility man, I guess, really, that you arrived as a striker... You went back to midfield, and then you created this incredible career as a fullback. When you go right back to that starting moment when you arrived, did you ever envisage that you would go on to be the international level fullback that you've been? Uh, no, probably not. To be honest with you, um, I think for me coming over, um, I played back in Ireland as a striker, left side of midfield, left winger, so. <laughs> That was not new to me, really. I think um, probably we'll probably touch on it later. As Loom said, I think the longer I got here, I seen the standard of people I played up front, and you know the way they scored goals. And it probably wasn't as natural to me to be a you know a ten, fifteen, twenty goal scorer a year. I think my game was more about probably working hard from the front, really. You know, link and play, getting the odd goal here and there. I was more of a workhorse striker, really, especially over here. Um, so yeah, it was. I suppose I moved back to to the sort of midfield left side, and then yeah, in a strange sort of occasion, he put me in left back, and I've not moved ever since. So, but you hit the ground running. It was what three goals in six games. I think there was a couple of assists in there as well. You were the championship player of the month for your first month at the club. <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Liam's it was. <laughs> I'm just saying that you, you d- laughing at me. You just you've just said there that you know what you look at the the the, the players coming in and, and they're scoring 15 goals, 20 goals. You've scored three and six. Yeah, no, no, I'm not. I I believe in my ability. I believed I could score goals, but I think probably the difference I found when I came over here is 
and most clubs you had four strikers. You know, I'd come from a club where there was probably two, and then someone else that could play up front, or you could play in two or three different areas. And I think when sort of like yourself start coming in, you know, Andy Kyo would come in, Sylvan was here, you, you know, these lads have been playing like top level football over here, scoring goals consistently. You know, I'd only had a couple of really couple of seasons in Ireland. I was I'd sort of vary between playing up front, playing, you know, left wing. So it it was a different level, you know, and I knew it was probably a level to be if I'm being honest, I don't know if I would have got to playing up front. I think I could could have done a job up there, but yeah. I don't think I'd have got to the level that I played at, you know, being a striker. Right, let me ask you this then. So <clears throat> and I just want the kind of the listeners to kind of understand what it is as a footballer right you you believe you have confidence in your own ability but then all of a sudden you see the likes of Andy Keogh coming in who's who's, who's been in scored goals Scunthorpe done whatever he's done then Sam Volk's come in who's, who's who's new I've come in I've scored goals I think top goals scorer at Charlton so as a player does that because people say yeah competition's good it, it, it pushes players on where did you see yourself in that because Mick McCarthy's shown a lot of uh, trust in you, bringing you in, the, the, and, you've, and you've repaid that uh, massively. But then you're thinking, four strikers, I've just said, Sylvan, Keogh, Awelamo, Volks, and then all of a sudden you were on the bench the first couple of matches. It was, wh- where was your head at the minute? Because it is a difficult time as well, because you want to play, don't you? Yeah, and I, listen, I, I believed, as everyone does, that you should be playing, but you, you know, I, I'm realistic as well. I knew when these lads came in, they were signed, they were brought in for money. You know, I, I, it was, I knew they were going to get their chance probably earlier on in the season. You know, you, you could just tell. Um, so for me, I had to find a different pathway. And, you know, I always cared about just playing. I always wanted to play, play every game, play me right back, play me centre mid. I'll, I'll do, you know, what I can to get on that pitch. So, yeah, listen, I believed I, I, believed I could still play up front. I believed I could have been, you know... You know, a big part of the team playing there, but you know, sometimes you got to be realistic. And yeah. Sylvan's a Sylvan yourself for scoring, you know, 20, 30 goals a season. You know, did I have that in me? Was I going to do that? I'd certainly have got maybe 10, 12 if I'd played every game, 13, you know. But you know, there was that time that I knew them coming in that they were going to play in, in a weird way. You sort of know you get that vibe, as, as you know, as a player, right, it's going to go with these, it's going to be tough to get them out of their scoring, which yeah. you were so. You know, obviously moved, played a few games on the left side of midfield, and then, you know, unfortunately due to a, an injury to like George, I was going to say, just yeah. come in as well. You know, a fairly serious injury. Um, you know, I ended up slotting in at left back, and uh, it was it was new to me, but it was something that I I, I already enjoyed the challenge. If you know what I mean, yeah. I, I loved learning a new position, and Mick was great with that. He'd take me off, show me clips. TC would show me clips of full backs, and I loved learning that side of the game. And to be honest, it probably suited me because I liked having the game in front of me. It was a completely different thing to having the ball kicked up at you. You know, yeah. you're battling. You don't know. You, you know, you're trying to, you know, hold off. There must have been a part of you though that's like, no, I'm a striker. Like when Mick comes to you and says, "I want you to play left back." You're do you know, like, well, do you know, I, do you know I didn't care. I knew I was playing on the Saturday. When yeah. he said, "When he said I'm going to start your left back on Saturday," I was like, "I'm playing left back." Didn't mind. See, that's, that's the genuine truth. I didn't think, oh, I should be playing up front. I was just like buzzing on playing, and that's and we were lucky enough. We won. I think we won the first game five one that I played. Yeah. I think it was early in the season. We beat Forest Rotten five. Forest, yeah. yeah, it was. Well, it was George L. Kobe injured the Ipswich away. Yeah. I think it was. Yeah. So how soon after that did Mick come to you and say, "Look, I'm thinking of putting you in there"? Because what I will say, if you put the four strikers, Keo, uh, Silve, Volksy, myself. 
none of us challenge, none of us make tackles, nothing like that. You done that in training. You were one of those players that you could you could play in midfield. You could play at, obviously <laughs> full back international. So yeah. you had that ability to change, but. The importance and that, what I always say. To, so what you're saying is you couldn't have gone and played. I could not. No chance. No chance. It's it's just one of those. It's like I I like what they said there. And uh, the game is is behind me. It's me making sure that I I hold up and link players in. Possibly I could go at centre back, but I'm one of those head. I was one of those head and kick it strikers. Never mind one of those <laughs> head and kick it centre backs. So. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't think many could have done what Wardy's done, and I've had to speak about this uh, on, on other platforms as well about Wardy, how he trained, how he was, the importance with him that I think I, as a striker with the with the strikers that were there, I don't, I'm not sure. I think he would have come in and done a job. Yeah, I'd have been, I'd have been a come off, but I don't think I would have been a a, a starter, a regular scoring goals every. I, I, I might have if they didn't come in. I might have grown into that. Yeah, you know, I was still young, but I think at the time they came in, they were established goal scorers. But like, and, and I could tell straight away, like they were, you know, I'd I'd get as much joy out of blocking a fullback, <laughs> clearing a <laughs> ball, whereas these just wanted to score goals, and I was like, right, that's the difference. <laughs> but it's the thing of like when you moved to left back, didn't Mick sign Matt Hill? Yeah, like not long after that. Yeah, I think the strange thing was we played the year before we played Norwich away. It could have been, I think it was sure it was the year before away, and we went down to nine men. Don't know if you remember that game. So we went down to nine men, and the left back got sent off. I can't remember who was playing. I think Rob Edwards might have been playing left back, or might have been. I, I might got, I might have got that wrong. But we went down to, and I ended up playing the last twenty minutes, twenty twenty odd minutes at left back because there was literally no one else. We that. were down to the yeah. bare bones. And I remember Mick after the game saying to me, you'd do a job there. Just like in a joking way or whatever, like, you know, I could see you doing a job there, like just sort of laughing it off and sort of moved from the whole way back to pitch and, and played in the back four for the last 20 minutes. And you sort of laugh it off, don't you? And then, you know, literally next year, that's no, that's my position and I've not moved since. It's just funny how you say like little bits of luck because things could have been so different. You're talking about Matt Doherty there, you know, playing the, the the day after the first team play, so he gets a run out, then all of a sudden he goes on and makes a, a, a well, still having an amazing career, yeah. as as are you. But to reach the levels at fullback when you've started off as a striker, it's, you you got to pat yourself on the back. You got, and I know you're still playing, so it probably hasn't really sunk in what you've actually achieved in your career, things that, that people will, will, will never, will only dream of. Yeah, no. Listen, I <coughs> listen. It's it's weird because I, I could never see myself being a fullback, and then it suddenly it's on top of you. And to be honest with you, at that time, like you said, I, you know, I'd played the first couple of years, and then I wasn't playing, and and that was new to me not playing as well. And I was, you start thinking, well, do I have a future here? Am I gonna have to move on to play? You know, absolutely loved that. I was loved the dressing room. Like loved the lads, like loved playing for the club, but you start thinking like, what's next for me? And then, like I said, it was unfortunate Georgia come in, got injured, and you sort of go in there. And the minute I went in, I knew after a couple of games, if I can do well, I've got a chance of playing the full season here. And you just sort of start, you just get so focused on doing well in that position, learning. Like I used to watch so many fullbacks, then I'd never watched a fullback in my career. Yeah. I was like, fullbacks, easiest, easiest position in the yeah. game. Everyone says. <laughs> when I started playing, I was like, it's a tough position this. So I just start watching players and just learn. And, and Mick and TC were great with me. You know, the, we just, we had such a good team that year as well. We were, we were. What helped is how I went into a good team. 
I went into a team that was winning. We were playing good football, you know, so I could also get forward and that was a massive thing for me. It wasn't just that I was an orthodox left back. Because of the way we played, you could actually get forward and, you know, join in attacks and I really, really enjoyed that year. Like, I, it was one of the best years I've had in my career and obviously set me up for, you know, what I've done since then. Well, just you're, you're saying there about the, the work that you put in. I never even knew that you were you were sitting watching games and, and and having that work. You know, I think obviously Mick and TC would have put you through your paces and gave you as much information yeah. as possible. So let us know, let like, tell us because I don't think people they think oh yeah, foot, foot, football's football. It's easy, but it's not, is it? There's different positions. There's different responsibilities. Yeah, yeah. No, I found so, I found myself watching games from what the fullback from what the fullback was doing which is completely strange, like I said, just watching a game. But TC was great, to be fair. He used to pull me in the office after a game or on a, you know, on, after a Tuesday, every the Wednesday off and just say, just have a look at these clips. I'm going to, you know, this is what you've done well the weekend. I'm going to show you what other option you had. And, you know, Mick would do the same. So I'd sit and watch clips of Ashley Cole. You know, I think he would show me Marcelo was playing for Real Madrid. But then he'd show me like players that were playing in, in our league, other yeah. left-backs that had played there for years. You know, he showed me other lads that, you know, we were coming up against saying, look, so you can see what he's doing there. And, you know, them tiny little factors or a little piece of information can make, as you know, a massive difference yeah. on the pitch. You think, right, this is where I should be when the ball's on this side of the pitch. I should be, a, you know, a yard or two here or a yard or two there. And so at what point, because, you know, if someone came to Looms at that time and was like, you're a footballer, where do you play? He'd have been like, yeah, I'm a striker. What did you say? Like, because you you still played games in midfield yeah, at times. Yeah, that did, we'll yeah. get to the point in the Premier League where you end up going back up front yeah, for a couple of games. Yeah. So, did you ever go like, "Yeah, I'm a left back"? I think I said utility man. <laughs> no, yeah, I did. Yeah, I just do say left back. Yeah, because that's the thing, though. Utility man is it's a it's a weird phrase sometimes in football. Yeah, and it's it's I suppose that's something that no player wants to really like be tagged with, but. For me, if I was had to be a utility man, but it meant I played games, no matter where I played, it didn't bother me. But lucky enough, I did play the majority of them at left-back. That's a hard thing to do, though, because if you've got to keep learning new roles and keep contributing in different ways wherever you're kind of thrown into it. Yeah, it is, but I think... I don't know, it's just... Obviously, I'd known how to play... I didn't play, like, right-back or get thrown in at centre-half, do you know what I mean? It was basically up the left or up front, really. I think I played the odd one maybe in behind a striker, but that was pretty much like being a striker. So it wasn't as many positions as you think, you know. So it wasn't it wasn't actually that difficult to, to move around if you needed to. But I think for me, probably the biggest test I had was obviously because we got promoted that year. And then the next year, you're just coming up, you're playing as a fullback against a different calibre of footballer. And that was probably the biggest test. But, you know, I probably brought my game on even more because I'd done more. You know, I, I never used to watch players before Okay, yeah. I never watched, never used to watch clips, but you find yourself watching a player that you might play against then and seeing what they do, where they go, and you know, usually you just go out and you play. Do you know what I mean? But now I was, I was even focusing on that, and yeah, I was. I was st listen, I'm still, I'm still learning now. I think, I think as a footballer, you're always learning. You know, when I went to Burnley, I learned a lot of Sean Dyche because he was a centre half as well, another way of defending. He feel like he even improved me when I went there. So you know, you just. Like people say, you learn you learn on the job every day. Because you got injured, didn't you, right at the start of the yeah, Premier League? Yeah, yeah. So you had a kind of a couple of months out from it. Yes, yeah, so I think I played the first three games and then I tore my meniscus in my knee. Um, and then I think I was supposed to be out for three or four, three months, I think. And I come back early December, I remember, against Birmingham at home. I trained a week and I come on at half-time. I think we were 
one nil down maybe. Um, and then yeah, then played the rest of the season. So it was, uh, it, it was. I was devastated when I got injured because it was obviously the first year we were in the Premier League. Uh, I think we we I think we lost at home the first game to West Ham and then yeah. we won at Wigan on the Tuesday. So everyone was like, and I actually took got the knock in the game on the Tuesday and then I think it was Man City away we played the yeah. third game and that's when it went. But you, because there's the famous one, obviously, you kind of get yourself fit and you go to Anfield. Yeah. And the travesty of a sending off that occurs in that yeah. game. I think I was covering that game for yeah. radio at the time. What's going through your head? <coughs> oh, I was devastated. Because <laughs> I remember I'd obviously made a foul early in the second half and we were actually quite doing quite well in the game. Yeah. And then... There was another fella made, and it actually wasn't a booking, but he, but he booked Christoph Berra. And then Pepe Reina ran out with his goal the whole length of the pitch and said he booked the wrong man, it was him. So then Andre Mariner sent me off. And I remember him after, like saying to me the next time I reffed him, he said, we reffed us, he said, if, if, that was, if I'd known it was you, I wouldn't have sent you off. He said, I was booking your centre-half for a top-up of fells. Yeah. So that's what I sent off, and I was devastated because oh, loads of my family and friends back home are Liverpool fans and, and we ended up losing the game so yeah it was good so to get that redemption <laughs> a year later yeah it was nice where suddenly you're <laughs> up front it was in that weird period between Christmas and New Year yeah I think it was live on telly that game yeah it was on TV yeah yeah to go through suddenly back up front yeah I was nervous I was playing the front again <laughs> <laughs> don't get me wrong first game I left back was nerve wracking but going back up front I was like I don't know what, I didn't know what was going to happen, but yeah, I remember there was a few lads out injured and Mick just says I'm going to play up there with Silv. I mean, it was a great goal. Yeah, it was all right, yeah. What's going through your head as you as you kind of played through? I don't even, I, I couldn't even tell you. Because <laughs> he talks sometimes, you know, goal scoring is kind of instinct, isn't it, a lot? Yeah, that's why I'd, I'd say yeah. I just, I think more so you don't realise about your goal until... The, you're back. You're walking back after you've celebrated. Really, that's the way I always thought. The more, time, the more yeah. time you've got to think about it. Then. When it happens, it just happens, and I think you can see by the celebration. I didn't really know what had happened, so <laughs> but I didn't I, know what to do. <laughs> just was that excited, and then you sort of calm down, and you go right. We're still in the game here. Because I saw a stat that it was 130 appearances between your goals. Yeah, and I, I that baffled me because it's one of those things you always kind of just presume that you were scoring more, but obviously you were left back for that period. Yeah. So to have gone that kind of length of times and then to get your first Premier League goal at Anfield in a massive win like that. Yeah, I mean, it couldn't have been as bad. I think I remember when I scored for Burnley and a goal in the Premier League and I think come up on the underneath my name, it was like my first goal in the Premier League in like 1,200 days. And I was thinking, I've been in the championship for the last three, two, three years. Do you know what I mean? Give me a break. It was like as if I'd played for three years. I was like, come on. But um, yeah, and no, I was like, yeah, that was a strange night. But a great Just one. before we get on to, I know Loons wants to move on, but there was a brilliant quote from Mick on that goal, which was after the game, he said, Pepe Reina ran 70-odd yards to get him sent off when he was going off anyway, and it didn't need that. If he recognises Wardy's face now, bearing down on him and putting the winner past him, then I'm delighted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, was, it, was a, it was a good night for us. Sweet justice. Yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. Because Mick was a big supporter of you, wasn't he? Yeah, to, to be honest, he was great with us all. And I think what he, I think what he was brilliant with, especially 
you know, the lads like myself that have come, you know, he, he was desperate for us to do well and make a career in the game because he, he'd seen us, given us a chance and, you know, he was yeah. he really wanted us to do well. And, you know, the one thing with Mick was he was always honest and I think we respect him. We looked up to him like, you know, we we, res- we couldn't have respected him anymore. And I think when he left, like, the way the lads were when he left, they couldn't believe it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was like... I don't even know how to describe it. The lads were absolutely gutted, and because he had such an effect on us, not only in our career but as people as well. Yeah, I think like there's values in life that I have now that I think I got, you know, from being at Wolves and, and being at this club for so long. Yeah, you said there about when you you got promoted that you obviously the the, the Premier League was a yeah it was a harder task, but but you improved. It made you better. Yeah, you'd say that for the collective as well. It made everyone better. They got they got more out of themselves. Had they gone as far? Is what they could go without, with, with obviously with the budget, the money. Is that what you'd say went wrong for for the relegations to come the way that they did? I think we had two years where we <clears throat> where we done really well, staying up overachieved. Now. Yeah, I I believe so. I think in terms of where we were from the if you look at the start of the championship year that we got promoted, we were nowhere near the team that anyone thought, or any of the teams that they thought were going to be promoted. We over it. We we won the league. I don't think many expect us to do that. You're not at yourself. Yeah. We, we were we weren't fancied at all. Um, young squad. Then to get to the Premier League, and that's the thing what people don't realise nowadays. That uh, I think Mick deserves so much credit because we didn't have the budget that other teams had. We we weren't spending millions of pounds to get promoted to to make sure we stayed in the league. You know our squad was pretty similar the whole three years that we were in the Premier League. There's you know there's obviously three or four lads in here and there, but the, the core of it was pretty much the same the whole way through. And I think that was a, a massive thing. You know, I think nowadays clubs, you look at the clubs in the Premier League with their spending to stay up and we just didn't have the budget. Just there wasn't, that's just how it was and we had to deal with that. And I think when we signed Fletch in one of the years, I think he was record signing and, yeah. you know, it was a 6.5, 7, yeah. 7 million. And you look at, you know, nowadays, even, even back then, people were spending a lot more than that to stay in yeah. the league. So, yeah, I felt we'd done... I th- felt we we overachieved. I don't think many people thought we'd stay up the first year. Uh, so it was always coming. Like you think that the relegation was always it was always going to come. It no, was, because was... because you don't ever believe it's coming. You, yeah. you you start every year with people doubting you, and you think no, we'll over, we'll. And I think that was one of the mantras here. We we want to prove yeah. people wrong. We want to we want to stay up. So that was it every year. The first year we done it. Second year we done it, and then the third year it just became too much for us. And you know a lot of things happened. A lot of you know it was it was a tough year for us. And Maybe maybe we, it did catch up on us, but as players, we, we didn't think, oh, it's coming. We, yeah. we thought, no, we can stay up every year here. You know, we're, we're working as hard as we can. We'll prove people wrong again, yeah. and it just didn't happen for us that year. You stayed for the Stoller year, yeah. the Stoller and Dean Saunders year. Could you have left that summer? Uh, I, at the time, I didn't think I could, <clears throat> but when I, Martin O'Neill got the Ireland job, he told me he was desperately trying to sign me that year, and it never happened, so... No, I, I, I didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't have any. Never crossed your mind no, no, to be. No, I didn't move. No, I probably didn't think I was going to get one. If if that made sense at all. Yeah, I've done well for Wolves, but I probably didn't think on the outside. You know, there would have been. I thought there was other players in the squad that teams would be. You know, coming in after ahead of me, really. So I was just right here and ready to go again. Yeah. Well, obviously, I know you've listened to some of the episodes when Carl was in. He talked yeah. a lot about the he just kind of didn't feel like Stoller got the championship. And that was a feeling that we kind of got in the media from some of you guys at the time. Yeah. Is that a fair assessment? For me, 
it, yeah, it's fair enough. It's probably probably bang on really. What Carl, I, I listened to what Carl said and I thought he, <coughs> excuse me, he spoke well about the situation. For me, when the the club obviously got rid of Mick and then TC come in and then they decided to bring in Stoller. Felt like they wanted to go down a new route. They wanted to bring in, you know, players up from the continent, play a different way, and that's what Stoller done really. He wanted to come in and play this type of attract, attractive football and, you know possession base whereas it was difficult because a lot of us had won the championship been in the championship and know that yeah you can play football like that but you have to have that steely grit determination you have yeah. to be able to win ugly on a Tuesday night like as everyone says you have to get them you know not every game's going to be pretty so I feel like there was probably if I I thought if we'd have got a mix of it better we would have had a successful year but I think it just you know probably just didn't didn't work out at all really for him in terms of the way he wants us to play the way we were used to playing and and to be honest I felt I liked Stoller I liked you, you know the way he wanted to do things but you know what I felt sorry for him was if if, if a club was going to change that much in terms of its identity and how they wanted to play you need you need a year you mm. need you're not going to do it in three or four months do you know what I mean you know it, it, it takes time and he probably just didn't have the time really so how did you feel having gone through all of that turbulent yeah. times six years at the club and then they come and tell you we don't want you anymore you're part of the group that's been pushed to the side I sort of felt it coming when Dean Saunders was in there seemed to be a, a change of the guard in a weird way um, I think if you look back throughout the second half of the season we probably all started in the team but then slowly but surely likes it Kev Foley, Kevin Doyle, myself, Christoph, Carl were sort of been left out of the team and younger lads were playing, you know, and Jack Robinson came in. Yeah, he came in on and played. I think Jay Cassie was playing up front ahead of Kevin Doyle and stuff like that. And you Cash could just Yeah, you could just sense you could just have that sense that and to be honest, I think, you know, Dean Saunders was very honest. He he said, Listen, lads, you know, the club wanna stay up and maybe go with younger lads. That's, it seemed to be, from my point of view, a decision that so, the club were looking and obviously it didn't work out. So it wasn't Dean Saunders it's, it's came from above his head to try and well, not it, use... It was never said, but from the way I'd saw, I saw it, looked like, it looked like we at one stage we, we weren't in danger of going down. Yeah. And it seemed to be, you know, the lads had been here a while, had been through the scars of getting relegated from the Premier League, maybe let's sort of drip feed them out. Uh, whether I'm right or wrong, I, I don't know, but that's how I felt. And then there was a stage then where they actually brought us a lot of us back in. Because it was reality that... Seemed that that's the way it looked, yeah. And then I remember we all ended up coming back in for a game away at Millwall late in the season. And then we ended up playing a few to the end of the season. Unfortunately, you know, we couldn't we couldn't survive. And, you know, but like Dean Saunders gave it everything himself. Do you know what I mean? And I don't know whether the decision to leave, leave the more experienced lads out was... You know, something the club wanted to do and go down a different path, but that's how it felt to us. And so it didn't surprise me when we come back, you know, in pre-season and, you know... The, Kenny Jackett has that chat with you? Yeah, and he was brand new. He, you know, he was brand new. He was just... I, I don't think it was anything to do with him, if I'm being honest. And he just said, listen, lads, the club wants us, you know, out. And that's how it is. You know, I think the thing that annoyed... Not annoyed us, but got to us a lot was that... I've never had a problem with the club making a decision. Absolutely loved playing for Wolves, but if they made that decision, they make that decision, you know. And realistically, I knew if I, you know, didn't leave anyway, I, w- I would wasn't going to get in the Ireland squad. I was going to do that. But if I, they'd asked me to stay, I would have stayed. No problem. Yeah, I remember talking to you at the time when you were yeah, playing. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was like, listen, 
of course, I was probably struggled to get in the, the, the Ireland squad in League One, but I sort of knew that decision was going to be taken out of my hands, you know, and we come back. And I think the thing was, it was more or less, you know, you've been great for the club, you've, you've done well, we'll, we'll help you move on. But that's just the decision we made, and then that was ground, but it didn't turn out to be that way, unfortunately. Because you were, in a way, kind of one of the lucky ones, because you got a, a decent move out of it. You went on, whereas others kind of couldn't get out on loan initially and kind of got stuck in that bomb squad, as it's always referred to. Yeah, and that, to. and that was a disappointing bit because, you know, and as as much as people, you know, have a an opinion of people on the outside, the lads that were in that group were good lads. They, they we trained so hard on our own. Bear in mind, we're coming in at three o'clock on our own. We were training and training really hard. We were doing our own pre-season, doing our own running. You know, no one was, was like tossing it off or not training properly. Everyone was in every day, no one missed the day. And it was more so I think just that line of we'll help you get out and then when you when something came up for you they made it terribly difficult to get out. And that's unfortunately hampered a few of the boys getting out and you know, it was a detriment to them really. Did it tarnish your view of the place? Because I say you'd had some incredible times in six, seven years of being a Wolves player. The way it ended. Um, if I'm honest, yeah, I had, a, I had a bad taste in my mouth for a while when I left. Yeah, you know, even when I went on to Brighton, I, I took a pay cut. They wouldn't let me go. They wanted to really like it was basically like, you're not going. They should take a pay cut. I had to take a pay cut. I had to move my family down. You know, while taking less money than I was on here, um, which wasn't a lot. Well, considering we've been relegated twice, you know, you're getting cut every time. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you, 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 but I wanted to play football I had to and it was yeah. basically take it or leave it you know Brighton the, the season had started Brighton had played two games and I was like I'll just do it I said to my agent just do it I'll, I'll go not a problem um, then I came back and obviously left in, in the following summer and yeah it, it did that that kind of the scenario that and how some of the lads you know not even myself like you know Kev Foley was player of the year when we got promoted was brilliant for us Carl Henry club captain you know even even like Roger and Jamie and, and you know, I know it didn't work out for them, but good, good lads who it's not it wasn't their fault that they were brought in and given the contracts they were given. You know, they still come in and trained hard in Group Three, and you know it seemed to be just get really difficult. Kevin Doyle trying to get out, you know, who'd done well for the club. Yeah. It was it was just it was a really strange time in football and I, in in my football career. And yeah, when I left, I had a bit of bad taste in my mouth. I felt I felt like it wasn't handled the right way. Listen, I had no problem at all with them saying. You know, that's if you're at Wolves, you're going to leave. But, you know, I felt like I and some of the lads there, you know, I'm sure Carl said the same, Kev Foley. We wanted to leave with, you know, that, you know, leaving a club that you've enjoyed your time there. And that was and that so, was it. Really. So through, through that time, did you never go and, and speak to Jez or did you never go and speak to Kenny Jacket and, 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 and try and push it or force force issue? You can't, but you can only go, as a professional, you can only go so far and staying professional yeah. if you know that you're you're getting mugged off left, right and centre. Yeah, to be so, honest, I, I don't have that in me. It's not in my nature to... Like, to, to go against to not, the grain. not train yeah. as hard yeah. as I could or go against them, you know. Yeah, but there's a few characters in that group that, that could yeah. very well go up and... Yeah, and, and to be honest, there was a few conversations probably, I'd say, um, a few questions of why this was happening, why we were... Yeah. At first we were, we were told to come in, but we were in a different group, so we were training on our own same time as the lads then we were told to be in a half two 
then all our stuff was moved out. Bear in mind me, Carl, and a few of the lads have been changing the same area for six, yes, seven yeah. seasons. Yeah. And all our stuff was just moved down to the other end. So it was difficult that we were coming in. At, we were driving in at two o'clock. Everyone was gone home. They didn't. They employed a, a separate coach to just come in and train us. Um, yeah, we, we were training. You know, as you drive in down the, you know, the patch of grass on the right. That's where we had to train. They wouldn't even let us on the pitches. So. Yeah, it was it was difficult. Like it was it was hard. Like it was tough, tough mentally. Yeah. You know, you know, even going home the day you don't know where your careers are. You know, you 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 feel like, what am I going to do if I don't get out? I'm going to be training here all day. Where do I go from here? You know, how do I get my next contract? What do I do? You know, because bear in mind that was my last year. As well, well sorry, I, did, I had two years left. So I knew if I'd done that for a year, I'd another year to go. If, if I didn't get out, what, what do I do next year? Yeah. Where do, who? What kind of clubs are going to come in for you next year? You know, what happens if it's the same again? That's two years where you're just, you know, playing, play, playing, or training, sorry, at three o'clock in the afternoon. So, yeah, it was really tough mentally, tougher as all, tougher as all. What was it like coming back with other teams? Was it weird being in that away dressing room? Because uh, you got quite a good reception, I seem to remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was good. I think it was great, yeah. No, it was obviously great to be back. Tough team to play against coming back, but yeah, it was. I, I've, I think I only came back that one time. The only time was last year, I think, because obviously the, I was at Brighton, and then when Wolves got promoted, I went to Burnley, and we were in yeah. the Premier League. So it was only I've only been back once, but yeah, I was on the bench. But when I warmed up, it was it was great, like to get a, a bit of a reception. It was, you know, it's a great great club. I've, I'll always have fond memories, even though it ended the way it ended. You know, you sort of. After a couple of months, when once you move on, and like I said, I got my my. It was difficult because I sort of fell out of love with the way football was because of how it was going there, and then once I went back to Brighton and played, I got that you know sort of love again and played again, and you know ended up getting my move to Burnley from there. But you still keep an eye on it. I know you're trying to get your son to be a Wolves fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still a part of this place that means an awful lot to you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, listen, I think. The funny thing is, in football, when things are happening at a time, you're like, you're living in that moment. But you know, now that I've left the club, I can, and I'm, you know, I've I've moved on. This club will always have a place, you know, in my heart. You know, it's the one, it's the club that gave me my ground and gave me my first chance in England. Um, made me into a left back, so you know, I had some unbelievable times here, and I've still got some great friends here, and that's that's probably the most important thing that's come out of it. You know, the six years I'm, I'm here. Still close with a lot of the lads, and and that's one thing that in football, you know, Looms will tell you you're, you're lucky enough if you make you know four or five good friends throughout your career, because yeah. people move on so much, and, and we're very lucky that that we were able to do that. The Old Gold Club, powered by Blythe Group, official partner of Wolverhampton Wanderers. So that was a show on with the podcast. Um, we're just kind of talking about um, being in Group Three and or the Bomb Squad. As it's kind of unaffectionately known. Yeah, I think we we call it Group Three. I think everyone else called it the Bomb Squad. Because I mean, there has been kind of Group Threes since then. Just kind of yours is the notorious one, I guess the the one that got filled with so much talent from from that first team level. I, th- I think probably the one the the hardest thing with us was where the club was at at the time. I think if the club's in the Premier League. And there's lads that they want out, and it's in a different group. I think obviously, and and listen, we were we were gutted where 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 the club was. You know, it, 
hurt us as much as anyone. We were like, we couldn't believe what had happened, you know, going from playing in the Premier League, you know, into the Championship. We thought, you know, we keep the core of the group, we'll have a great chance of going back up. Just didn't didn't happen. Didn't happen for us for I don't know many reasons. Maybe maybe too many. Maybe the, the same squad over that period of time. It just like you said, it was an end of an era going down, and maybe they needed a, a bigger influx of new faces. And, and but you know we felt capable of doing, it and for whatever it didn't happen. And then I think with the club being in League One, where a club like Wolves should never be, yeah. you know the the size of the club, the, the the fan base, everything about it, the training ground. You know, should be at the highest level. You know, to find itself in League One it hurt everyone, and I think us probably being in that group with that situation probably, you know, probably just made it a little bit a little bit harder than it was. When the team came back up, did you think there might still be a, a life for you? Because I remember talking to you when you were at Brighton, and I, I think then you weren't kind of fully given up on it. Uh, no, I hadn't. I, I would would have loved to come back, but I think for me. After being in squads that have been promoted, um, that I knew there would have been a, there was there was quite a lot of new faces, quite a lot of young lads have come through. I think then to bring s- some of us back in, or you know, it, it might have you know upset the not upset the players, but upset the yeah. you know the sort of the values of the group. They they've worked, you know, they've sort of brought the club back from where it was, and I think they probably had that feeling, and it was probably yeah, it was probably better that that, that we moved on then, and, and you know it was. Probably unfortunate as it was. Is it true that you nearly rejoined a little bit after that though? Because there was a period when I think the club were desperate for a left back at the time. I think Scott Goldborn might have been sold, and they were looking around for someone on loan. And the whispers at the time was that because I think you might have been coming back from injury. Yeah, I heard I heard a couple of whispers, but I, I didn't hear it to go any further than yeah. like a rumor. Were you came back? Yeah. Even though it ended the way that it had. It kind of, you know what I mean. You had a different view. Yeah, but I think the club was in a different, different position from when, yeah. when I left. Yeah, yeah, of course I would. Come back now, if they like. <laughs> of course, <laughs> we're all wishing we are. Wow, <laughs> left, left wing back would sit you down to the ground. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. My left, left of a back three. I might have to go now. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the thing. We're back to being a utility man. Yeah, yeah. I think it'd be utility to get in that team, wouldn't you? Play anywhere. <laughs> I mean, when we talk, because I, I put out on social media about kind of the best utility players around, and there was you and Neil Emblem, who was around at Wolves in kind of most of the 90s, because I think Neil Emblem played in pretty much every position bar goalkeeper <laughs> in his time. Um, Andy Thompson played in loads of others, Mark Atkins, um, Kevin Foley obviously played in quite a few positions. But a couple that kind of kept getting brought up was a man we've talked about on the podcast already in, in Doc, Matt Doherty, yeah. and Connor Cody, yeah, who yeah. was a centre mid, went Played to right back. back. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. then ended up as the sweeper in the back three. Yeah. Yeah, he's probably fallen into that position himself, hasn't he? And, you know, he's probably got a great chance now getting in England squads now the way he's playing yeah. like, consistently. So. There's similarities between that and what you did. Yeah, yeah, there is, yeah. Um, I'm sure he probably had that, that time here when he taught... Because I think originally he would have wanted to be a centre midfielder, probably wouldn't he? Because he was he come through Liverpool's youth yeah. team, didn't he? At, at centre midfield, so yeah, I think. But he, he seems to be like the kind of guy as well. He'll, he'll play anywhere for this club. He looks, he's got that See, look it, about him. It's always something I've always said. If you if you play a certain position, you say that that's the position that you play. But then these are obviously Connor Cody and Stephen Ward. Uh, they they slap that 
that kind of thought process around the face a couple of times because mm. if you said, no, I'm a striker, I want to be a striker, then you wouldn't have had the career probably that you've had. Yeah, you no, know, you no, wouldn't no, have went no, and played in World Cups. No, and, I don't, don't think You know, I, it's I don't, crazy, I, isn't it? I don't think I would have. If, if I'm being completely honest, I don't think I would have had the career if I was still a striker. I don't know. I only knows where I'd be, but I don't think yeah, I would. You scored a Premier League goal in pretty much your first game playing up front. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. It's just, it's just, there's just a difference in. I think there's a different mentality in strikers that probably I didn't. I was more about, like I said, a lot of the the, the sort of dirty work, the dirty the, stuff. The, yeah, that, like yeah, the used to buzz them down. Yeah, I mean, yeah but we were just talking enough. beforehand. That's what Raúl Jiménez does. He scores goals, but he doesn't have to work hard for the team. Yeah, he's not bad yeah, in front of goals as well. Though. We're talking about like you know, like centre backs, like they buzz off a a, a, a clearance, a goal line clearance, yeah. and like what they used to buzz off you like slide challenges and tackling and yeah. that, and it's like I, th- I think for me, like yeah, yeah, I know you said about Jimenez, and he does, he, he like you could say Suarez as well. He works like unbelievably yeah. hard for the team. I I just knew when I was there that you know the likes of Looms coming in and these lads. You know they were they were already established goal scorers. I was still, you know, learning in the game, still new over here, still trying to find my feet. And you know, you know, probably I wasn't I wasn't going to be a perfect striker at these. Where these would score goals all their life, and they that's all they wanted to do. Would never run a channel or anything. They just wanted to score goals. <laughs> make, it box, one, so. <laughs> make it one. Make it one season. One channel on a season. Try and put it in pre-season. And that's that's your one. That's the only one you're getting. The wee round of applause. I'm sure the fans can remember that when the good ball down the channel. Yeah, it's a great ball. Let's all squeeze up now. Let's keep them in. Let's keep them in. Um, <laughs> during the show there, where we were talking about uh, Mick, did the lads used to banter you, didn't they? So that you were teacher's pet. <laughs> I think it was just the Irish lads. They just his affiliation with Ireland. One like used to like. I don't know whether we got special treatment or he let us away with more, but. I think it was just because Irish lads were coming through the door. They didn't like the Irish coming in, <laughs> the invasion. That's what it was. And then Hunty came and he was like, he was like the new son. So, yeah. And I'm sure, uh, yeah, we used to get, we used to get battered all the time, the Irish boys. Too many of us. Every every time, every every transfer window that came up, which Irish lad are we signing next? It used to be the shout. So, <laughs> I think we, we, we had enough in the door. Because where did it, what was, were you, would you all sit together in the changing room? Or were you kind of all separated out? Who were um, you next to? I was actually at Doyler, one side of me. Yeah, so Doyler was there. Hunty was over the other side. Uh, and then I had a few lads the other side. We used to change all the time, but no. Um, you know, in dressing rooms, do you sit in, like, position? Same spot every day. Yeah, but, like, are you... No, 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 no. Like, with the defenders, so... No. For a while, you came in, well, you not, were next not, to Keogh and that, not, and then you got pushed back. No, <laughs> no not in the ones I was, I was in, no. I didn't start up front, and then, yeah, no. <laughs> Ended up right in the corner. <laughs> no, no. Because I'd, I'd have loved that. Like, Looms walks in, he goes, uh, I think you'll find you're over with the left-backs now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, no. You had just space, didn't you, when you yeah. came in? Yeah, you're, you're just given a space, and then that's your space. Make it your own. You just... Because one of the lads was saying beforehand that when you first arrived, obviously, because we didn't talk too much about it, actually, your first kind of six months, yeah. you got to the playoff semi-finals, yeah. um, but like you and Keo were talked about as being like the new Bull and Much. Yeah, yeah, we had a good relationship actually. Um, enjoyed playing with Keo, and he was another one because obviously he'd come in, he hit the ground running. Obviously, we had kites one side, and the three of us were. were at, lived in the same apartment so we just loved playing we just loved on a Saturday playing the games 
love driving up 10 minutes to Molyneux playing the games come back go out on a Saturday, Saturday night, night. Yeah. <laughs> yes. do the same next week and then it was, it was brilliant we absolutely loved it like it was great and, they, and everything was new to us because we you know we'd not played at that level in front of them and in front of the, the crowds we were playing in front of a packed Molyneux and then yeah I think I think it was that summer then they signed a few strikers I think Sylvan come in that summer in a well, this is the weird thing, isn't it? Sometimes, like in football, like sliding doors moments. That, like, if Matt Murray doesn't get injured, yeah, you might have got won that playoffs that year, and six months into your career in England, you're suddenly in the Premier League as a striker. Yeah, I'd probably been out on loan that year. Before. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, not, yeah. Listen, that's what I'm saying, and I may not have been a left back if if George hadn't picked up a yeah. you know a, a devastating injury for him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was just transfer window was closed. Well, I don't know if it was closed or just at that time we needed someone to play there with a game game yeah. on the Saturday, and I was left footed and Mick just obviously four 0 at half team. time, yeah, yeah. not bad. And then we won five one. Four 0 at half time, yeah. yeah, yeah. Remember that? We're up to see. You. Did you come Celtic? Old firm the next yeah, yeah. day before yeah, yeah. Matt Murray's. Yeah. yeah, we went up to Celtic. Yeah. Yeah, father-in-law yeah. <laughs> got us a flight up, yeah. private jet. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> One of those stories that we can't tell on the podcast. I just remember I was. I think Jaeger, Jaeger must have made another appearance for me. It was another night. Well, do you not remember that in Edinburgh? You just feeding me the. I never even knew what Jaegermeister was. I'd yeah, so, I was just feeding the from the bar else, straight. Just you were just giving me. Oh my god. <laughs> Because, I mean, you know, clearly you have looked after yourself because it's incredible that you're only 34 still because you've been around for an awful long time. Yeah, I'm just glad. Honestly, I still I just love that I'm you know, still playing and lucky enough to be still playing. You know, there's lads that I've obviously played with and, you know, they're, they're not playing. So, we're, you know, I'm obviously getting, we're getting to that age where your mates do retire and, you know, it, it can't be too far around the corner for you. But at the minute, I'm, I feel fit and strong and I'm enjoying I'm joined still being able to play. Right. Looms his run down. Oh, yeah. Play as long as you can, Wardy. I will. All right. Best player that you played with at Wolves? I was asked this to you earlier, actually. <laughs> it's difficult, I, fi- I find this, because... When Don't you... sit in the fence, Wardy. No, no, just listen. You've got to listen. When you know when you're there a long time, there's different periods when like, lads are, are brilliant. For me, the, the best who probably went on to, you know, I think he could have played in the Premier League for a long time was, was Fletch. I thought he was... Brilliant. Stephen Fletcher. Yeah. But then there was times Doyle was unplayable, Coitz was unplayable, Java, and you think, you know, I, I think when you're at a club for a long time, there's that many players that come through and have periods that, you know, sell yourself when you're on fire. It's, uh, but I think Fletch for me, when he when he came in, I thought he's, he's different. Guys. We didn't talk about Kevin Doyle enough, I don't think, because we talk about strikers working yeah. hard. For so long, he was that lone man up front in difficult times for the football club. Yeah, yeah, yeah but the thing with, with Doyle, socks he'd done it. Way. He was better on his own than with a partner. He 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 was better yeah, yeah, on, on leading the line on his own rather than having a partner to share the workload. And that was, you know what I mean? He's I think Silve found it difficult as a pairing with, with Doyle. And then obviously him and Fletcher, Fletcher came in. It was it just Fletch is a fantastic player. Fletch yeah. has everything, you know, Fletch, both Fletch feet. It's just yeah. unbelievable. But it's like Doyler on his own was a better striker as that lone out, outlet, you know what I mean? It's it's ridiculous. Right, worst trainer at the club. Worst trainer. Uh... I remember I uh, was referee on a few occasions, remember? Mick would just let me referee matches on a Friday. But if you come for me, then <laughs> that's, that's poor. I, I still work. 
I can I can come for you in the working environment. Still remember so many players that you, you've played on. My offer. No, he's, we're ruling out Stefan Meyerhofer. Everybody says Stefan Meyerhofer. <laughs> we was, need to throw somebody he, else he under was, the bus. He, he was bad, though. He just wasn't bothered, was he? Um, he DM'd me the other day, Big Steph. Did he? Yeah, but he had a young player for the Wolves Academy. Yeah, um, let me see. Worst trainer. Probably <laughs> from probably from the time, Stolagia. Do you remember... Tongo Dumbia. Yeah. Yeah. He he wasn't a he wasn't a great trainer. <laughs> he was he had a real sort of lackadaisical style, which probably made it look like he wasn't training as hard as he wanted. But I think when he came in, he, he didn't. Uh, the championship was like a massive shock to him. Yeah. <laughs> the way we trained and the way the games were. Don't think he got his head around it for for the whole year. <laughs> right, this one's gonna be straightforward. Biggest mona. Carl Henry. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna give Neil Collins a mention as well because he loved the moan. He did it in a he done it in a good way. He was funny when he. Scored. Yeah, but Carl, the Carl moan, but Carl also moaned for you in yeah. a weird way, like he moaned just, moan at him just to help you out. <laughs> so Carl, Carl was good, good that way. Moaning well. for hire. Yeah, a bit like that. Yeah. If you need, yeah, if you need someone to go and yeah, Carl will deal for you. Plant the seed with Carl, and he'd go. That's what that's what he came in and said himself. Like he yeah, was yeah. a players captain. He was, he was, he was massively. Yeah. Yeah. He would. He would. Whatever came from him was coming from the dressing room. Yeah. Like if there was a problem, he too honest. He'd just go sort it out. Who was your best friend at Wolves? Uh, I've got I've got really good friends from my time there. Kite, obviously. Um, Stairs, Rog, uh, Silv. You've got to say them all because they're all going to listen at some point and be, you can't leave anyone Oh, false. All the lads. I got, I got them on a lot of them, but quite, quite obviously for obvious reasons, but I still see Rog on a, on a you know, on a really regular basis, yeah. steers and that as well. Uh, the best and worst dress sense? I'm going to give best to my mate Kites, unfortunately. Kites, yeah, I, I think I, I would have said Kites as well. Yeah, yeah I'd say Kites, definitely. Hunty. <laughs> He's been thrown under the bus a few times. Play, play a landslide. <laughs> Who was the funniest player that you played with? Funniest player. When I, when I first come into the squad, actually, and I, obviously I was saying I was like quite nervous, and all the players. One of the lads there, Jackie McNamara, was so good with the young lads, but he was hilarious. Like such a funny lad. He just had one-liners. He was just, you know, typical Scotsman. Really, yeah. he was like he, he was always on the go and. I, I remember like I wasn't I didn't play him that long but I remember he, he made you know our sort of early part at the club really enjoyable because he was just always like laughing yeah. and joking and yeah I found him oh, a really good, good lad was Graham Stack around? Oh, Stacky Stacky was hilarious Another he way. was hilarious as well but it, it, Stacky was like he was just funny on a daily basis but I just remember Jackie always stood out because when I first signed he was just someone that was, was funny and, and made it really like light-hearted for us yeah um, just before we move on we do want to obviously send our best to Jackie McNamara yeah, course, yeah. and his family uh, I know they won't be listening to this but I know all the thoughts from yeah. everybody here at Wolves and Wolves fans everywhere to wish him a, a, a speedy recovery and hope that he recovers well soon so yeah, well said. get well yeah. soon Jackie <clears throat> mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll go on to the, the best manager that you worked for. At Wolves, obviously, Mick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what was the best goal? Hang on, hang on, hang on. Because <laughs> I, I do want to get something in there, because obviously we knew it was going to be Mick. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but like, I suppose what we've done speaks for itself, really. You know, 
for me personally and for you know a lot of us bringing us somewhere we were to get promoted enjoyable training was enjoyable honest honesty you okay. do know this is the rundown it's I called know, the rundown know, yeah, for a reason I'm, yeah? I'm, I'm just fascinated by one element then because we knew he was going to say me oh, yeah, so, so my question actually is who was better Stoller or Saunders <laughs> I liked <clears throat> very different managers yeah yeah, yeah. I, I liked Stoller I liked the way he was trying to play I just didn't think he had, had long enough I didn't. Oh, yeah. I didn't play as much as I, I would have liked on the team, but he, he he was a good good guy, good manager. But I just didn't play. So there's your answer. Sorry, back to the <laughs> carry on there, Yeah. Uh, the best goal that you scored for Wolves. Yes, Anfield. Yeah. What did that mean to you? Probably wasn't the best goal yeah, but I've ever what seen. What stands for you? Yeah, for, for what it was. Yeah. <laughs> you, I, you I just threw, I, you threw I, I, me another little question the other I, I know but what? I just I like that because Wardy played at a time when like I covered the club intensely working for radio so I have lots of different things that I wanted to know it, it was brilliant obviously and it, I think what made it really special was my dad had flown over for the game oh, <clears throat> I didn't I didn't know I was playing up front and he was in he was like I think it was his first time in Anfield that game and, uh, oh amazing scored the winner and then he'd come back down because it was obviously over the Christmas period so we hadn't been over so they'd come over and he drove up I think he went uh, so he was there and yeah it was, it was brilliant Amazing. Blackburn away yeah folly yeah first day of the season yeah, yeah. Uh, <coughs> someone missed a penalty I can't remember who it was they won a penalty and they missed it and the cross came back in and you absolutely yeah. leathered it into the yeah, bottom corner missed a penalty Fletch wasn't it I, I can't was remember Fletch yeah, I think it was yeah, Yanni yeah. in the background saying yeah, and then it, and then it went wide and someone. And I'm going to show you this goal looms in a bit <coughs> when we get it out. What was the best game that you were involved in? QPR home. Oh. For <coughs> just a feeling we had getting promoted, it was yeah, yeah. unbelievable. Um, self scored and I, I remember the day. I just remember like the how buzzing everyone was at the end, and I, I think from where we'd come from at the start of the season to say. You know, people obviously writing us off saying, oh, Wolves won't we'll have a chance to get them promoted with the squad that we had. And then, obviously, I played left back all year as well. So it was just like icing on the cake. Yeah. Nice. Spot on. Uh, what would you say is your proudest moment at Wolves? Uh, obviously, you'd say the promotion, but other than that, um, proudest moment? I'd say. Probably my debut, in terms of you know, even when I was back home, and you do have that dream of playing in England, it doesn't always become a reality. And then yeah. when I came over, I, I knew a lot about Wolves, but I didn't realise how big the club was. And then to, I, I think I signed on the Monday and I made my debut on the Saturday. It was unbelievable feeling. Couldn't believe it was such a something I never forget really. The Old Gold Club. Old Gold Club. Powered by Blythe Group. Hello there. Uh, Just before you go, our official broadcast partner, the Blythe Group, are currently looking for construction companies to partner with Blythe Group. They've secured a number of new contracts across the West Midlands and the surrounding areas, and they're looking for local contractors to help deliver a wide range of work. If you're interested and you want more information, contact info at blythegroup.com or head to www.theblythegroup.co.uk. The Old Gold Club, powered by Blythe Group, official partner of Wolverhampton Wanderers. 
so that was the uh, Stephen Ward episode of the Old Gold Club. Obviously, we recorded that uh, a little while ago. That noise in the background you can hear is uh, Chris Owellamo connected via my home studio. He's at home in his house. I'm at my house with some recording equipment. And um, that's kind of it for the Old Gold Club for a while, Looms. Uh, everyone's kind yeah, of got to stay safe, really. No, exactly. I think it's uh, we've got to put the people first, haven't we? Uh, and make sure that they look after themselves. Stay, stay at home, self isolate, do what you need to do. Uh, and uh, we all we're all in it together, aren't we? So it's uh, as to make sure that you think about others as well when you're going out and you're doing your food shop and you're doing your bits. It's went a little bit hectic, probably a bit overboard. I have to say, I'm looking at the missus now. She's giving me the evil eye because she's definitely got involved <laughs> with, with, with with that one. Bought way too much. We've got things in the loft, things in the garage. So uh, yeah, just uh, you know where I am. Give me a little shirt if you need anything. How, well, how are you coping? Because you're a man who likes to be busy. So even no, though well, even though I can imagine you're loving spending time with your missus and your new baby boy, this must be you must be bouncing off the walls after four days. No, well, you you know what it is. I think uh, obviously Jade on maternity as well. It, it was nice that. I never worked those nine to five hours that we could go out and do things, and I thought that was important. But now that we're kind of stuck in the house, things are getting dropped off at the front door just for the fact that Rome's only fifteen weeks old. So, so you, mean, you mean baby Mikey, yeah? Baby, yeah, mini Mikey, yeah. So it's just, uh, it's just that's a priority. We've just got to kind of keep ourselves safe, and uh, so we've, we've got PlayStation out, we've got Domino's chess. Jade threw out the chess one. I'm good at chess. So I don't know. She told me she was good at table tennis for about seven months, and then she got her backside felt when we went away <laughs> on holiday. So, so uh, just not on the same level. Uh, we're playing Gran Turismo, and uh, Pro Evo's going on now as well. You never gave me FIFA. You told me you were going to bring FIFA into me, and you, it was just a false promise. What? I never said that. Did you not tell me? Because I, I went and bought. I've not bought the new PlayStation. I've still got the PlayStation Three. You went. I've got loads of PlayStation. I've oh, got the PlayStation 3 okay, still. yeah. I'll, I'll tell I you what. I'll... Brought, you never brought any games. I've had so many times. You never brought it. You forgot about me. Out of sight, out I, of mind. I don't remember. I mean, this must have been ages ago. I mean, I do have a lot of old. I was playing a PC, PlayStation Three game earlier today. Bit of international sure international cricket twenty ten. It's a great game. <laughs> I've, put, I, I've spent i've had so much time looms that i've put myself onto the game and i'm now the greatest spin bowler the world has ever seen <laughs> you just done that. yeah put the, put the practice that's what they say ten thousand hours mikey oh way 10, more than ten thousand hours. hours i mean there's a lot that could be said of what i could have done in that time um just before we kind of wrap up um we're actually doing this on facetime so i can see you you can see me and yeah. for for after months and months of me asking, you're growing your hair. Well, no, well, I just I've not been out, so I've not had no reason to give it a little uh, <laughs> give it a little shave. I usually I usually bick it every every other day, so uh, I'll be working tomorrow. I'm uh, I'm on uh, top sport tomorrow, so I'll be uh, I'll be getting all smooth for you. So I'll send you a little picture. Of oh, it have you got to go today. out? I've got to go out, mate. Yeah, so I'll be driving. Driving, doing the kickoff show tomorrow, seven till seven till nine. So they're on they're on lockdown as well. So no get no guests no guests allowed. Only only workers. So uh, yeah, it's affecting everyone. There were I think there was even talk they were going to close down the, the actual studios because they've got all the the equipment that everything can be done from remote. 
So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Okay, mate. Well, I say I'm missing you. Um, Always. And hopefully uh, everybody... Say hello, Jake. Wave hello. 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 She won't turn. <laughs> You've got no makeup on. She won't turn to the camera. Um, hopefully uh, everybody's going to stay safe and this will clear and we will be back soon uh, with some new episodes because we're not done yet, are we? No, definitely not. Okay, mate. Stay safe. All the love to the family. Love you, pal. Thanks for listening to The Old Gold Club, powered by Blythe Group. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review and rating from wherever you get your podcasts. 